want to take you, all of you in fact, to the large furnished upper room where Jesus instituted the Last Supper with his disciples. As Jesus was taking the cup and the bread and he was blessing those elements, Bible captures the conversation that was going on among the disciples and with Jesus. As the discussion continued, in fact, it came to be a little argument. And as the argument and the discussions continuing there, Jesus was predicting Peter's denial. So I want to take you through Luke chapter 22. We are going to read a couple of scriptures from Luke chapter 22, verses 31 through 34. Luke chapter 22, verse 31. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned, strengthen your brethren. Verse 33, but he said to him, Lord, I'm ready to go with you both to prison and to death. Then he said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster shall not crow this day before you will deny three times that you know me. And eventually that happened. We know the story. If we can quickly jump to verse 54, Luke chapter 22, verse 54. Having arrested Jesus, they led him and brought him into the high priest's house. But Peter followed at a distance. Now when they had killed, kindled a fire in the midst of the country, sorry, courtyard, and sat down together, Peter sat among them. And a certain servant girl, seeing him as he sat by the fire, looked intently at Peter and said, This man was also with Jesus. But Peter denied Jesus, saying, Woman, I do not know him. And after a little while, another saw him and said, You also are of them. But Peter said, Man, I am not. Then after about an hour he had passed, another, con another confidently affirmed, saying, Surely this fellow also with him, for he is a Galilean. Verse 60, But Peter said, Man, I do not know what you are saying. Immediately while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed, and the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said to him, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. So Peter went out and wept bitterly. Peter would have thought that he had committed a sin that could be never forgiven because he did exactly what he said that he will never do. Peter would have thought that he has committed a major crime because he said that he will never do that, but he ended up in doing that. This morning I just want to talk to myself and I talk to, yours, your, to, to you, all of you. When I read about this failure of Peter, I won't really say how terrible he could do that. I won't say, really say that, but instead I may say that I'm like Peter. I would have likely done the same thing. 
I'm not here this morning to point finger towards Peter and say, how can you do that? How dare you did that? I'm unable to say that, but I'm saying that Peter, do not worry. If I'm there in your place, probably I would have done the same thing. The guilt and the remorse made him to think that he is a failure and he is unworthy to continue what he was called to continue. And he never expected that he can continue his current profession of making disciples because that was the commission of Lord Jesus Christ to them. And he went back his old way of living saying, I am going fishing. And they all said together with him, we will also go with you. I'm talking about a man who was doing well in his life for the past three and a half years. And he came to the end of the life of his master and he ended up in messing up his life. And he's in a situation today that he is unable to continue what he was called to continue. And he's turning back to his old profession. A man who was called by Jesus walked with Jesus during all these three and a half years, during the rough and tough paths of his life, through guilt, through shame, through misunderstanding, and considered at times unworthy, rejected, and treated as a failure. I'm talking about a man who was so real and who was so frustrated at the end of the life of his master. So this morning I invite you to put yourself in Peter's shoes. <coughs> Excuse me. The situation in the life of Peter and how we could really understand what Peter is going through. And at times we go through the similar thing in our lives too. You know, putting all these together that made me to title my sermon this morning as Peter's Shoes. Peter's Shoes. I really don't know whether Peter had a shoe or not. I'm not sure. But I imagine if Peter would have had a shoe, that shoe would have faced many adversities of life as Peter faced many adversities in his life. I'm sure that shoe is fully, you know, it's getting soaked in fully in water as Peter drowned. And eventually I believe that that particular shoe was sticking onto him until that shoe was thrown at the moment when he was crucified upside down. So this morning about, we are talking about Peter's shoes. We hear the saying, you never fully understand someone unless you walk a mile in his shoes or in her shoes. This morning we are here trying to understand the life of Peter and what he has been going through at this moment. So unless we put ourselves into Peter's shoe, we are not going to really understand. So as we take this journey for the next few minutes, I encourage you to put on Peter's shoes. It may be a little stinky, but let's put on his shoes. Amen? Suddenly Peter, are you okay? Yes? Suddenly okay. Peter committed a major crime. A major sin. Let's talk about Peter's sin. Peter was a man of very low esteem, if you remember the way Peter was. In the very early stages of his ministry, Lord Jesus' ministry, when he had initial encounters with the disciples, he was trying to build a relationship with the disciples. The disciples, you know, a couple of them were so tired in the early in the morning at the lake. 
after they toiled the whole night in the ocean. And Jesus walked next to them and he asked them to put out that boat a little further from the shore. And if you remember the story, Jesus got onto the boat and he started preaching to the people. So after he finished preach, preaching, he said, launch out for a deep, for, for a catch. Launch out to deep for a catch. And you remember that day, that whole night they toiled, but when Jesus said that, they caught plenty of fish. In fact, they signed to the neighboring boats and all of them came and they all could fill their boats. And now there is something significant that's happening there. When Peter saw this, Luke chapter 5 verse 8 says, When Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. And Jesus said, in fact, Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. Peter was a man of low self-esteem. You know, this morning as I preached the sermon standing here, I understand a couple of us are going through what Peter was going through in his life. I have experienced in my life and I believe that you would have experienced and you may be still experiencing that in your life. I pray that God may speak to you. I was thinking, why only Peter? The other disciples were just sitting quiet. They were not moved by seeing what is happening. But only why Peter was reacting in this way? Maybe, who knows, he was a great sinner. I mean, nothing like a great sinner. Sinner like me. Sinner like all of us. You know, fishermen, they are really rough and tough. We know them. They are really seasoned to handle any kind of adversity in their lives. Who knows Peter would have been a murderer? Who knows Peter would always drunk in the night after he comes from the day's hard work? Who knows Peter would have lived a totally moral life? Who knows? Something made him to realize that he is a sinner. He is desperate. And he can't even stand in the presence of God. He has a very low self-esteem. And his low self-esteem made him to realize his unworthiness. And his humility and his sincerity together pushing him down at the feet of Jesus. And we see Peter falling flat at the feet of Jesus and saying, Lord, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. You know, many of us at times we feel unworthy. We feel unworthy of doing what we have been doing right now. We feel unworthy of to be born in this family because in the family everybody hates. Everyone hates. At times we feel that we are unworthy to get married to this family because they don't like me. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. Many of us at times feel that we are not worthy of all the blessings that we are enjoying today. When we turn back our past, the way we were brought up, the way we are, the, the things that we have done in our lives, when we turn back, we are not at all worthy. Here we see a man who is falling flat saying that I'm not worthy, Lord. Here we see Peter did something that he said he wouldn't do. But finally, he ended up in doing it, denying Lord Jesus Christ. It's a very serious offense. The punishment might be very severe. It may be rejection forever, eternal rejection. It may be eternal condemnation in hell. 
It's a serious offense because Jesus himself, he told, if you remember, Matthew chapter 10, verse 33, but whoever denies me before men, him I will also deny before my Father in heaven. Such a serious critical offense. There are many things in our lives that I struggle with. All of us do. The unkept promises. The things that we say we do, but we don't do. And we just walk as if nothing has happened. At times we speak harsh words with people and we hurt. The wounds, the hurt that we created in others. The evil that we have done against people. The lies, the anger, the jealousy, the immorality, disobedience, unforgiveness. There is many things that I can go on and on and list them together. We put all these things in our lives if we put ourselves in the shoes of Peter, we understand the weight of sin that Peter was handling in his life at that moment. When Jesus was telling about the kind of death that Jesus had to, has to undergo, remember Peter said, Lord, this shouldn't happen to you. You know what Jesus said? Jesus rebuked him. And we read it in Matthew chapter 16, verse 23. But Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. What an insult on Peter. Even though Jesus spoke about the devil as such, but then he is speaking into the face of some individual. If I was he, that was my last day in ministry. Bye-bye. What an insult on him. What an insult on him. When Jesus was arrested, Peter drew his sword and cut out the right ear of the servant of the high priest. Jesus was preaching, you remember saying, to him who strikes on you, the, the one cheek offer the other also. That sermon did not work in, in Peter's life. It has no relevance in Peter's life. He just cut off his ears. One who is not afraid of anybody. But now he denied the Lord in front of a servant girl. Can you understand Peter's pain at this moment? There are times when people fall, we rejoice. There are times when men and women of God fall, they we rejoice. But God is looking for somebody who can stand along with them, along the side of them, and know their pain. Know their struggles. Somebody can come alongside of them and pray for them and support them. Even if Jesus, God, is able to accept them, there are men and women on this world to point fingers. This morning, God is calling you and me to have that compassion that Jesus only can give to me and to you. I want you to understand the pain of a man, somebody who's going through a terrible situation in his life. When the whole world is saying how terrible this man is, we are trying to understand the personality. We are trying to understand, personally, we are trying to understand to know what he is going through at this moment. Let's talk a little, about, little bit about the guilt of the sin that Peter struggled to handle. The guilt. If you look at the whole bunch of disciples and today's church, I could see clearly vivid examples of four different personalities 
even in church today. Just want to just throw that. Number one, John-like personalities. They follow Jesus like newly married couple. Always sticking together. Always loving each other. They are the bride of the bridegroom kind of people. Now, I'm not trying to evaluate. I'm not saying that one is good over the other. I'm just trying to... I, this is just something I got as I was preparing for the sermon. Not too deep into it. Not yet. John-like personalities. Thomas-like personalities. They follow Jesus, but they are mind people. They are not heart people. They won't just accept, understand anything just as it is. My wife is just looking at me now. Thomas-like personalities. They are mind people. They are not heart people. They reason everything. They have difficulty in believing certain things. Judas-like personalities. They follow God only for material blessings. And Jesus already said in whom Satan had already entered. So do not follow God for material blessings. Satan has already entered. Finally, Peter-like personalities. They have a great zeal to follow God. As I speak, you can just put yourself in which category you fall. Don't tell it out. Peter-like people, they have a great zeal for God. But they always struggle with their characters. They always struggle to fight sin to follow God. But they will make it. They will fight. They will fight. They will fall and they will fight. So there are four different kinds of personalities. You can imagine what category they will belong to. So let's, let's move further. We are trying to get onto Peter's shoes this morning to understand what Peter is going through at this moment. Luke puts it very precisely. I like the scripture and I'm so scared to read the scripture too. Luke chapter 22 verse 61. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Think about that moment, how Peter would have felt. Then Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said to him, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. So Peter went out and wept bitterly. I could imagine that look that Jesus turned from the cross and looked at Peter. And that look was a, was a, was a look that is enough. I believe that very look torn his heart into pieces. What a terrible moment that Peter is having right now. Have you been in this situation ever? Have been. I don't know about you. Have you been in this situation ever? Peter's heart is crushed with guilt and shame. I understand here Peter's situation. And I want you to understand his situation at the, for a moment. I want you to put yourself in Peter's shoes now. The guilt of denying the Lord. So he went out. He couldn't even stay there. He went out and wept bitterly. Voices coming from everywhere. What have you done, Peter? How terrible you are. How can you do this? You are called to be a, supposed to be a disciple. What have you done? You are calling us to be a disciple. Is that you do? Is that what is expected from you to deny your Lord? Calls coming from everywhere in the life of Peter at this moment. 
He couldn't even pick up the phone. And you know, he just kept the phone because everybody is calling him. We thought you are a great man of God. And this is what you do? Peter's heart is crushed. But I don't want to be with those people who point fingers on him. I want to be with those who are walking with Peter's shoes today. A shoe that carries guilt and shame. How many of you understand what I'm talking about? Today people live in guilt and shame for what they have done and for what they have not done. There are millions outside today, they are living in guilt and shame. Guilt is an uncomfortable feeling we often experience when we have done something wrong. We feel guilty for our actions because someone else is affected and we also feel that we are responsible. Peter, Peter felt guilty because he denied the Lord. He said, I will not do this, but he ended up in doing it. There can be nothing greater than denying our own. That's what exactly Peter did. I found this in my life. The more I deal with people, the more I become closer to people, the more I try to become closer to my family members, the more I try to bring all my friends together. Someone is not going to be happy with me. Someone is not going to be liking what I say I do. All of you come across in this in your life. At times we feel that closeness is good, but then you know, at times we end up in things getting backfired. At times people don't like what we say. And they get hurt easily. And they don't like us anymore. And we end up in feeling bad about it and we end up in feeling guilty about it. I'm able to put myself in Peter's shoes. Are you? The emotions that Peter is going through right now. The struggle that Peter is going through right now, I want you to understand. I don't want you to miss that. Today, many are living in deep shame and guilt for making bad choices in their lives. Many are living in guilt and shame for being unfaithful to their spouses. Many are living in great guilt and shame for their own actions because it affected people and we feel responsible. It is quite normal to feel guilty because we all make mistakes at times. How many times you would have felt guilty in front of your own children? How many times you felt guilty in front of your own parents? How many times you would have felt guilty in front of your own spouse? It's possible. It's normal. Guilt and shame are not just emotional things. It is also toxic. It can stick around with us and it can question our worth. It can question our integrity. It can make us feel small. It can make us feel inadequate. It can really make us feel painfully vulnerable at times. It can make us feel that our very own self-image is questioned. Peter is going through that right now. He was looked upon as a disciple of God, as a man of God. And right now we see what Peter is going through. You may try to redo, redo everything to regain the confidence of others. But in this case, Jesus is gone. 
Peter was not even given an option to say sorry to Jesus there, right there. You can imagine what he's going through. Have any of you gone through what I'm talking about? Most of the time, most of the time we see Peter preaching and 3,000 people getting added to the church. 5,000 people getting added to the church. We see people healing the crippled beggar. We see people brought out of the jail and delivered by the help of an angel. We see Peter rising darkest from the dead. We see Ananias and Sapphira falling flat dead in front of people. We, in front of Peter, we see Peter's miraculous escape from the prison. This is what we see, but we will never try to put ourselves in Peter's shoes and try to understand what Peter was going through at this moment. Today we see people in front of us, but we do not know what they are going through behind the doors. Often we see people reaching us with different prayer needs and want to share the situations that they are going through. At times it's a great surprise for us to know, oh, this man or this woman is going through this much. It is true. What people are going through behind the doors, no one knows what Peter was going through in his life. Nobody knows. All, the, all of us would, could see Peter standing and preaching and performing miracles. There are many lives living in shame and guilt because they are not accepted today by their family. They are not accepted today by their society. Peter was one among them on the day. There are many people who are willing to change their behavior, but they are unable to come out of their guilt. They are unable to come out of their shame. They are willing for a better life, but they are unable to do. It was so hard on Peter. He couldn't even stand there. Bible says he went out and wept bitterly. This morning, I know for sure this sermon is for somebody because you are going through a terrible situation in your life and you are there to make decisions in your life. And this morning, I want you to know what God is telling you. You may be trying to be hard on yourself. Do not be hard on yourself. Do not hate yourself. Do not harm yourself. Do not isolate yourself. Do not consider that you are unworthy to live. Be compassionate on yourself. Be kind on you. The poor you is suffering. The poor you is struggling instead of you. God wants you to be compassionate. Proverbs chapter 11 verse 17 says, The merciful man does good for his own soul, but he who is cruel troubles his own flesh. You need to deal with your guilt very graciously, in a very compassionate way, by the help of the Holy Spirit, by prayer, by meditation on God's word, if not, it will lead you to hate yourself, to harm yourself. And as children of God, we may not go, but then people end up in, end up in substance misuse and you know, various things. And eventually it will lead you to quit. The only one on whom Peter could rely for the past three and a half years, he lost his touch with his family members. He had no friends around all his friends deserted him the moment he started following Jesus. He had only one person on whom he can rest was Lord Jesus Christ. And even Jesus is crucified. Not even the Holy Spirit was given at that moment. Can you imagine that? Peter decided 
to quit. Peter decided to quit. Your sin resulting in guilt and shame can lead you to quit. Your sin, my sin that is resulting in guilt can lead you and me to quit. Many people decided to quit from their situation, from their career, from their marriage, from their ministry, even from their lives because of guilt and shame. Students easily quit their lives because of the shame and guilt that they are unable to score the required marks in the entrance examination. Young married women, they quit their lives because of the insult and guilt and shame of their inability to bear a child. People who are having heavy debt, they quit their lives because they are because of the shame and inability of paying the debt. Moment Peter realized his unworthiness, he decided to quit. If you can come with me to John chapter 21, verse 3, Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. They said to him, we are going with you also. They went out and immediately got into the boat. And that night, they caught nothing. It's not the departure of Lord Jesus Christ that made Simon Peter to quit. I strongly believe if that is the case, the other disciples would have gone. But as the disciples were following Peter, the only reason that Peter decided to quit was the shame and the guilt of denying his master. The last thing that people could do today is disown them their own. If, he, if uh, I put myself in Peter's shoes, if I can't be what I'm called to be, the first thing that I might see, maybe Peter's shipping boat. Peter found himself worthless, unaccepted by the society. He had no chance even to say sorry to his master or even to apologize to Lord Jesus Christ for his behavior. When Jesus is gone, he had no one else to comfort him. He, has no, he had no one else on, you know, with, uh, with whom he can go and complain or he can go and tell his concern. All the teachings of Lord Jesus Christ became irrelevant. They were not making any sense at all to Peter at this moment. He saw the miracles, but now he is of sure that miracles have come to an end. He had no one to share his shame and guilt, and he is at that moment right now. Jesus asked him to continue, asked the disciples to continue the work that he was doing. But at this moment, he found himself totally unworthy, totally unworthy to serve his master after denying him. Putting all together, the only one option that he found was quitting. Today, this is what is your situation. You are trying to do everything, but you are unable to handle the shame and guilt in your life. And you are ready to quit. You want to continue with your marriage. But it looks like it's impossible. You're planning to quit. Your relationship brought so much of guilt and shame in your life that you think that it is impossible for you to take it further. 
In your workplace, the insult is too much that you are deciding to quit. The burden in your ministry and the misunderstanding and the shame that brings from people is too much and you are planning to quit. Because of your addiction, every time after you come back to your senses, you feel the shame and guilt that comes along with it and it is too much and you are planning to quit your life. No doubt that you are walking in Peter's shoes. If you put yourself in Peter's shoes this morning, you will realize how much Peter went through because he denied the Lord. Peter went back to fishing. We want to quickly close now. But when, what an amazing Jesus we have. Peter went back to fishing and Jesus came there for Peter. That's amazing. That's so amazing that we have a loving God. No matter what people say, he still loves you. No matter what others talk about you, he still loves you. Whatever, whatever, whatever complaint, whatever misunderstanding that we have in the family, people still love, Jesus still loves us. What an amazing God. Can you come with me to John chapter 21 verse 5? Then Jesus said to them, children, children, have you any food we see Jesus restoring Peter. You know, he's a restorer. And he's handling him the greatest responsibility that anyone could ever have on the face of this earth is leading his flocks. When we put ourselves in Peter's shoes, we see the denying nature of human, but the accepting nature of God. When we put ourselves in Peter's shoes, we see the unforgiving nature of human, but the forgiving nature of God. The sinning nature of human and the cleansing nature of God. The condemning nature of human being, but the praising, the appreciating, the motivating nature of God. The quitting nature of man, but the restoring nature of God is what we see when we stand on Peter's shoes. The good news is that we don't need to quit. We can continue what God wants us to continue. We can continue what God wants us to, God called us to do. You don't need to continue to live your life in guilt and shame because somebody else already took the shame, already took the guilt upon him. You don't need to quit your studies. You don't need to quit your job. You don't need to quit your marriage. You don't need to quit your ministries. Because Jesus took the shame, took the guilt upon him. In the moment we are just going to pray, even though Peter quit, God restored him and he brought him back. And we all know that he used him amazingly, mightily. Our God is a restorer. He wants you to bring the shame and guilt to his presence the shame and the guilt that we are experiencing today is a natural consequence for doing something that we shouldn't have done in our life. That's natural. But it should be a reminder that we are not perfect, but only one who is perfect. It is a reminder that we are not worthy, only one is worthy, who was not only just punished, for our guilt and shame but he is also able to give us power strength to overcome the guilt and shame that we have today in our lives 
Let's come to Christ. The Bible says, Paul writes in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, he says, there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. We don't need to feel guilty for what we have done in our lives. He is a compassionate God. He says, I cast off all your sins into the depth of the sea. He also says, as far as the east is from the west, I have removed all your transgressions. There is no reason why we need to continue to live in guilt. Shall we come to the cross and get all our sins washed by the blood? Hallelujah. This morning we are just quickly going in to get into a time of prayer. Shall we just come to God this morning? Today if you come to him, he will touch you. Today if we come to God, he will touch you. And if we come to God, he is going to remove the shackles as we are living under heavy burden. This morning, God is going to remove the heaviness from our lives. And he can touch you. And when he touches us, he delivers us. When he delivers us, we will no longer live in this shame and in guilt. And this morning, God is specifically speaking to you. Shall we all just get into a time of prayer right now?